0: often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you, but more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I have been, I've been all right. I have a slight cold, as you can hear, the, with the congestion. Um, my sinuses are all clogged up, and I'm trying my best to, um, just trying my best to maneuver through this thing. Um, but it sounds worse than it actually is, thank goodness. Um, but yes, I am doing okay. I am doing the best that I can. I try my best to take time, take things slow, um be present with the with my kids and remember what all matters because there's a lot of things that are distractions and they really do not matter in the grand scheme of things. Um but yes, I hope that you are all well wherever you are and I hope that you have been able to to be. Okay. <laughs> um because there's a lot going on as you know. Um there has been a lot going on. I feel like since about 2020 for me, it has been just non-stop of a lot going on. Maybe since 2019, but it's just been um yeah so yeah I hope that you're doing well wherever you are and I hope that you are able to find some things that bring you some joy you know what's actually been bringing me a lot of joy what has been bringing me a lot of joy are two things first of all I told you guys that I'm on my journey to like be like an avid puzzler so yes I have been puzzling I have been uh, spending time trying to get better at puzzling and by better I mean just... Finding techniques that make the puzzle experience not overwhelming and help me to sit through it because, um, as you know, that was not one of the things that I have, I grew up doing, but I was challenged by my friend um, Brittany to start puzzling because it's a way for me to sit down and it's a, a form of moving meditation. So because you're doing something that is kind of in a way monotonous, um, it allows your brain to like calm down. It's a way for you to be still. And that is one of the things that I struggle with. I have a hard time sitting down and being still whenever I'm stressed out, whenever I'm overwhelmed, which is often I get up and I get going. So this has been a way for me to challenge myself to be still. And as I get older, one of the things that I'm really concerned about is brain health. And uh, they say that puzzling is actually one of uh, one of the great ways to um, allow your brain to remain nimble. So it helps with neuroplasticity. And that's something that I am very, very um, concerned about because, yes, we're going to get older. That is the goal. Um, but two things I do not want to feel older, um, as well as I don't want to become foggy and things of that nature. So yeah. Um, so if you're wondering what puzzles I am using, that I am using specifically are by Revel Wellness. So uh, the reason why I love Revel Wellness so much is because they are beautiful. And if you know me, you know that I love art. The art that I'm especially drawn to is art that features, Black folk, and that is exactly what Rebel Wellness does. They are beautiful pieces that are made by Black women, um, predominantly Black women um, artists. So not only are the puzzles actually visually stunning, um, they are also Rebel Wellness is also deeply committed to addressing the unique challenges that women face. And as part of that, they donate a portion of their sales to nonprofits that offer impactful mental health services to Black women, which is huge. A lot of us um, could use the support, but because our healthcare system is largely trash, it is oftentimes not accessible to all of us. So I love that Revel Wellness partners with organizations that help mental health services accessible to us. So with all that being said, I want you to do two things. Firstly, go visit the website, which is revelwellnessco.com. Which is spelled R V L W E L L N E S CO dot com, as well as follow them on Instagram. They have um, such a cute page. So um, please follow them on Instagram. Their Instagram handle is R V L Wellness Co. So Revel R V L Wellness Co. That is their handle on Instagram. Go give them a follow. Tell them that. Um, Be Well Sis sent you, that you're part of the tribe. And also when you go and shop with them because A, they make great gifts, B, they're good to give to yourself, and C, you are helping another woman get access to mental health services because they partner with other organizations that do so. You'll also get a discount. The discount is 15% off. So just by putting in at checkout, Be Well Sis 15, you automatically get 15% off. So... Help yourself, help others, and um, yeah, let's do this. The other thing that I've been doing is I have I have been reading so much because I have a new role, um, and that role requires me to commute about once a week um, into the building. And the commute is kind of long, so I have been heavy um, on my audiobook game. Actually, the one book that I finished last week... Is called All the Black Girls Are Activists A Fourth Wave Womanist Pursuit of Dreams As Radical Resistance And it's by Ebony Janice Moore Oh my goodness It is so good Essentially is a collection of essays um, Where she talks about um, Womanism, dreaming The pursuit of softness Ancestral reverence And radical wholeness As tools of liberation I never considered myself to be Uh, I wasn't sure if I was a womanist, you know, like honestly, in the past few years, I've been actually starting to pour over some text and really starting to dive into what do these words actually mean? What are the tenets of womanism, of real feminism, of activism even, and this book is just so good. I just felt so seen where I am in my journey and I think it should be required text <laughs> for so many of us, for women who are trying to figure out their space and what they identify with. And those who are questioning, um, questioning, what their values are and where they're going and what they've been taught. And if they really, truly hold the beliefs, uh, systems that they were, that was instilled in them. This is such a good book. Really, really good book. I can't tell you enough. I listened to it on an audiobook and that was great, but I decided that it is so good that there are just some words you need to like underline and highlight and just like look at the words themselves. So because of that, I'm actually going to go ahead and buy the book itself. It is just a good book. Um, I have also started reading, um, Rest as Resistance by um, the founder of the Nat ministry, um, Trisha Hersey. Really, really good as well. What I love about it is that um, it has a repetitive nature to it in the best way possible. When I teach, I always tell my students that I repeat things as a way of underlining it for you, like auditorily, and she does the same thing. And it's just good and there she has several right now I'm about halfway through and it's just it's just good. So if you are looking for some reads, the the days are getting shorter, the days are getting colder. So if you are looking for ways to spend some time, um, you know, As part of your self-care routine, I highly recommend both of these books. Um, And speaking of books, yes, I have a book club. Please go ahead and um, sign up below. I have been kind of quiet on the book club club front because I'm trying to figure out how to maneuver because the end of the year is really busy for most people with um, work functions, family functions, and all of that. And it leaves very little time for things like book clubs. I'm trying to figure out when our next meeting is. But in the meantime, I will send you guys some emails um, with some goodies in there. So go ahead and sign up down below. There is a link to um, join the book club. And I have some exciting announcements coming up about that as well. I have done a lot of talking so far. So let me go ahead and just hop into today's Conversation. So today's episode is about perfectionism and I speak with Bianca Hughes who is an author and a therapist and the way that she had come to find that she was suffering from perfectionism was through a diagnosis of a relatively common condition that very few actually talk about because of the stigma associated with it. Um, I am really happy to have had this conversation with her for two reasons. One, her voice is so dang soothing. I love her voice. (laughs) And two, um, I just love talking to her. She is very transparent and she has a, a, a different way of seeing things that I really really appreciate it helps me to open up my expand my view on certain things so long story short after this you will hear her voice um, as always with that being said thank you so so much for joining as always I am so so glad you're here be well sis All right, so today I have Bianca Hughes on us on the show with us. She is a therapist, she is an author, and she has one of the most soothing voices. I just love to hear you speak, honestly.
1: <laughs> um, I'm just so happy to have you here with us. How are you? I am, wow. I am joyful and okay. very grateful. Yes. I, I love
0: it. I love to hear that. Um, so we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. Um and I think this conversation is going to be really, really important, um, for all of us, um, especially if you have experienced what um, Bianca is speaking about. Um, so let's go ahead and just take it away. So, um, a few years ago, I want to say, um, you were diagnosed with um, herpes.
1: Actually, it's longer than that. Okay, let's I, talk about it. Uh, yeah, a few years ago I shared my story of the diagnosis, but gosh, it's probably been about 20 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um <clears throat> 20 years ago, um and I really like sharing my story not just to help other people, but <clears throat> the way my story is, I'm sure people can relate to this and people I know people in this situation so about 20 years ago I was in my early 20s I went to the gynecologist and I was told that maybe I have herpes so it wasn't officially diagnosed Mm -hmm. and so I'm in my early 20s Mm -hmm. all this shame all this Mm -hmm. stigma all this fear Mm -hmm. that I'm caught up in fearful of rejection and What are other partners going to say? What does this mean for me, you know, in relationships, sexually? And so I made a decision to say, well, it wasn't confirmed, so I don't have it. Mm -hmm. So for a few years, I kind of walked around and wasn't really like cognizant. And I actually, when I moved to um, the States, I think about two years, so it was probably around 27, 28 at the time. Um... I had gone um, actually to the dermatologist. I can't even remember why, but I went to the dermatologist um, and um, I think they also recognized, um, I was just having some other issues um, just um, around my genitals. And then they also noticed the the herpes um, culture. That's what they recognized it was. So Mm -hmm. that's when it was officially diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even with that diagnosis, I still wasn't accepting of it that's real I was still in denial I was mm-hmm. still fearful I was still like this can't be true and I just was in fear um you know in shame and so I didn't tell anyone and I didn't tell any of my sexual partners mm-hmm. at the beginning when it was mm-hmm. so I hadn't in the beginning of course and didn't want to you know, I ignored it, and even when after was officially diagnosed, I still was not prepared to have that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. I I, I want to go back to um, the first physician who said maybe. What is this maybe business? <laughs> I, I'm mad at them for just like
1: uh, maybe, like no. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I think I think because they couldn't test it wasn't active so it was that's why it was like a maybe I okay. think you do okay but I, I guess you know when you think about it it was very flippant because you're like oh okay right yeah right. do you not want to look more into this right or confirm anything but I guess also on the other part I was like well if you're flippant so am
0: I Right. Right. For sure. I, I think that would have been such a, a great time for like them to at least like have a conversation, like educating you, like you may have it, and this is what it may look like. And, you know, these are the precautions that you may want to take, you know, like there should be, mm-hmm. there should have been a conversation. Yeah. Um, so going forward to when you did have the confirmation of the diagnosis, um, the denial piece is so, so real. Um, um, I see this not only with those type of diagnoses, but even things with like cancer and such, like mm. it, it's hard to accept, you know, I think mm-hmm. as humans, um, especially like when we're in our twenties, we think that we're invincible, like these things mm-hmm. can't happen to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that denial is, is so common and, it's really part of like the human experience, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, to not want to accept it. And if you don't accept it, then it's not real in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't accept it. It's not real. You don't have to face anything. And, you know, a big thing at my, at the time, which I didn't really, really realize I struggled with that perfectionism. So it was my whole image, like, you know, I was that person that, my mom would ask me to go you know to the store and I would have to get a shower and I'd be like I can't just run there like this like Mm -hmm. I mean no one was gonna see me but in my mind I had to represent and have this image so if I shared of course and you're thinking about as a woman yeah oh she's promiscuous oh she's dirty oh she's you know a slut or yeah you know because you have this so you're also thinking about that image and that shame and that rejection piece so it wasn't just so it's not even just the die not denial when it came to um the general herpes it was also the fear of the opinions and thoughts implications yeah of other people what yeah. that would
0: mean mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's like you know what does it and I can imagine like you thinking well what does that say about me but It's one Mm -hmm. of those things. I think that now that we have lived through a pandemic, I think we should see how easy it is to communicate diseases, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, just we're social creatures, right? So just being in contact with people things are easily spread and especially Mm -hmm. like when we are adults and we're engaging in sex and sexual acts it's really easy to to get these things and i think we need to talk about it more to be able to recognize it and to know how to um protect ourselves and to protect others as well
1: yeah you know i really i you know i don't disagree with anything you say it's However. just fascinating to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> cuz when i think about it being also a therapist um and this conversation has come up right so me sharing has had situations where there have been clients that have shared and it's been comforting for them right mm-hmm. um but i hear the same thing there is no way i can tell anyone like the 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 fear overrides the ability to even shift your mindset to see it in that way—that these things happen. A mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, we're so riddled in the fear and the fear of the unknown, and yeah. and and the deep sense of I don't want to be rejected. Mm -hmm. That that overrides, and I can speak for myself, all of our senses and all our things that we know to be true. And to be honest, like telling a sexual partner that you have genital herpes because you know that they need to know. Mm -hmm. But when your brain is in protection mode, that sense of let's have this conversation because of people's ignorance, Mm -hmm. Mm and 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 discussed Mm -hmm. um that is spoken about more you know what I do wish Mm -hmm. I do wish partners who are with who have or people who have been with people with genital herpes have speak out Mm. and say that just came to me like if they spoke out more and said yeah I have had a partner mm-hmm. with that it's not an issue for me mm-hmm. like how much more people would be honest about it that's true that's true
0: that's true because i actually was watching this video um this video clip from it was like a it was like a, it was called the black joy parade or black joy picnic or something And um, at one of the booths there, they had like HIV testing and this couple came up and he was like, I've been HIV positive for like 10 years. And this is my husband and he is HIV negative. And the husband was just like, yeah, like we've been together and nothing happens. I was like, that is so good that like, just to remove the stigma, like you can be partnered with somebody who has a long-term illness and you also not get it. You know, like and it doesn't affect your lives really. So that mm-hmm. is a really good point. I was just thinking we need to hear more of that for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I also want to um talk about the stats because it is very common. So 67% of the population have herpes simplex virus. Many do not know they have it. Genital herpes occurs in 13% of the global population. Um, In the U.S., 48% have HSV-1 and 12% have HSV-2. It's very, very common. And <laughs> I think learning how common it is may help to remove some of the stigma from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And I was thinking about um partners being a safe space. My thought okay. is if you are uncomfortable telling your partner something that person is not safe for you. And this may be a, a generalization, but what are your thoughts?
1: Um so um so I'm doing this this new one of my new affirmations is I'm safe. Right? Mm-hmm. And um it came about um, in a realization of having the fear to let go mm-hmm. um, and the fear to let go is because of my attachments to an outcome of how I think something should look like or be like in fear of the unknown but in actuality in life I am really safe when I think about all the things that have happened versus haven't happened there's I've had way less tra- tragedies and I've had them Right. Yeah. So in general, I'm safe. And I realize that I create that safety. Mm. Now, I do think it's important that people create that safe space of non-judgment and um validation. But if I feel safe within myself, it doesn't matter what a partner does. Mm. It doesn't matter if they accept me or not. Yeah. It's irrelevant. So I think that not putting the onus on the partner to create this safe space and be accepting, but I be accepting of it, and I feel safe of it. and to me, that's how I am now. I'm like, okay, I do like I don't you know that's why I share. I don't care like mm-hmm. have you either you do or you don't like it's mm-hmm. up to you, like mm-hmm. it's irrelevant. It's mm-hmm. irrelevant what you think, what your opinion is. It's mm-hmm. irrelevant to me because mm-hmm. I'm okay because I'm accepting, and I feel safe, yeah, and so. But in that conversation, I do feel like if someone, you know, it does make a difference when someone is validating or doesn't make a big deal of it. And it, you know, you don't have this judgment sense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important. Um, If they're going to, if you're going to continue in the relationship that that person is safe in that instance, but in the actual revealing of it, I think that's for you.
0: Mm, Very good point. Very, very good point um yes the the reason that i initially said that was because i was reading some really awful statistics about how mm-hmm. when a man has a chronic disease like let's say they later on during the marriage or the relationship they um have cancer they're diagnosed with cancer the woman's going to stay okay so if we're talking about a traditional heterosexual relationship the woman's going to stay but A lot of times, one of the reasons that men file for divorce is because the woman gets ill with cancer or something, and I'm like, "Wow, I can believe that." Wow, Um, I can
1: believe that.
0: (laughs) I I can believe it, but my thought is, I want to reveal all of the things like now to see how you handle it, and hopes that that can give me some inkling about the future if you belong in my future
1: Mm -hmm. that makes Mm -hmm. sense you know what Mm -hmm.
0: I mean um tell me more you said you can believe that on here
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I can believe that so when you think about when it comes to general herpes right more women are accepting of a man versus the man not accepting right so it goes back to the societal expectations that Mm. you know um, put in here the perfectionism because that's what I work with of these women to be this perfect human being you know when you think about oh she doesn't go poop or she doesn't Mm -hmm. fart or Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't have attention or no you shouldn't do that because that's not feminine or that's not ladylike like come on so if the pressure is there yeah for us to live up to these society standards of our image and be perfect then yeah. i could see that translating um to it's true if yeah. we were ill or if we were sick right yeah. I, I i can see that yeah that's why I, that's why i say i can believe that mhm hmm.
0: so let's talk a little bit more about perfectionism so in your practice do you find that women suffer from perfectionism more than men do
1: so I predominantly see women okay so I couldn't I would have a skewed view okay but I I don't I don't think so I think it just might look different Mm. I think it looks different I don't I don't okay yeah and the thing is women are going to talk about it more so it could feel like they do
0: Okay. So talk to me about what does perfectionism look like? I think the word might
1: yeah. might throw
0: people off like, "No, I don't think I'm perfect." So <laughs> what does it look like um when somebody's suffering from perfectionism?
1: Yeah. So um so I define it as a consistent and exhausting cycle of trying to be enough, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this sense of I don't feel like I'm enough, right? So there's this critical self-talk no matter how much you achieve. You still don't feel like you've done enough. You don't feel mm. like you achieved enough. You don't feel like you're good enough, right? Mm. There's aspect of needing the validation and people pleasing to, for people to validate you, right? To let you know that you're enough, that you're good enough, that you are worthy. So there's that, you know, that whole critical self-talk, the the people pleasing, being harsh and judgmental. Of yourself right you're Mm -hmm. constantly working you don't feel like you deserve rest Mm -hmm. um you have these unrealistic expectations of yourself right and you in terms of like you might think like I have to do my whole to-do list like there's 20 items on your to-do list and you have to do them today Mm -hmm. but you've only got five hours to do them
0: (laughs) and if you don't do it you failed you failed right
1: you beat yourself up (laughs) and so there's this huge thing of this huge fear of failing so I might procrastinate Mm -hmm. right I might take my time to do something because I want to do it perfect the first time because I don't want to fail because if I fail that means I'm not good enough if I'm not good enough people are going to reject me if people reject me I'm going to be disconnected
0: yeah yeah
1: I feel like
0: if you are living in the U.S., Mm -hmm. you are likely suffering from perfectionism or you're healing from perfectionism because this culture tells you that you must always strive to be better and that essentially you're never enough, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what the accolades are, no matter what the accomplishments are, no matter how many things you've done for the day, you still could do more. So don't sleep until you get more done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then of course with I think it's always been there like and then images of movies Mm -hmm. um, presenting this perfect life this perfect marriage perfect kids perfect Mm -hmm. job and the money and everything is working out and if my life doesn't look like that that comparison then I'm not good enough something is innately wrong with me right? right so when you're talking about this country it's really good with images i always say that america is like one of the top sales countries in the world like oh, they sure. know how to sell like <sighs> it's amazing i love like i always tell people that like because with the movies and stuff because i always say then when you get here you're like wait a minute what wait is minute. underneath all of this like it's like trash
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait trash. a minute
1: i thought like, oh, so you just filmed mm. this here to make it look good, but what was really here was all this. Yes. Um, and <laughs> so I feel like that sells that drive that let's do more, let's do more, because in, in it's sending this message, we have to do more because who I am is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Who I am is not worthy. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, when we're talking about perfectionism, we're trying to strive to be perfect. Mm -hmm. but we are already perfect Mm. just as we are in our own way Mm. so it's that acceptance piece it's that seeing yourself do you see who you truly are and when you're striving for you know this perfection you can't see yourself you know it's just it's it's driving you so
0: how does one start to like, okay, they recognize that they are struggling with perfectionism. How does one start to see themselves, you know, after the world has told them that they aren't enough? And actually I'll make it even more personal. How did you come to accept yeah. um, the diagnosis and that it does not define who you are?
1: Yeah, so I think- um one of the things, you know, this is why my business is called Authentically Be You. I am just an authentic person. And mm-hmm. if anyone's wondering, well, what's authenticity? To me, authenticity is being honest about who you are, what's important to you, without worrying about the opinions of anyone else. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, I could no longer engage with the men sexually and not tell them. Mm-hmm it was that's what authenticity is right it's lining up with your honesty and with your values and it no longer lined up with my values Mm -hmm. and I think becoming self-aware like um you know I have I have a method it's called the accept method and one of the first steps is um awareness Mm -hmm. becoming self-aware of your actions and your thoughts your feelings and your behaviors and the behavior I became aware of was I was not being honest and true to who I am. I was deceiving people. I was hurting people. And even though I didn't want to share, I couldn't do that anymore to yeah. somebody else because I didn't want anyone else to do that to me. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with a friend and, you know, because I was having a hard time and they was like, yeah, you have to tell them. Um, and so I told them. And, you know, I had a good response. It was about two or three partners and has one response that wasn't that great and one that was. And that was very affirming. And having my friends affirm me Mm -hmm. and recognize this, I'm so much more than this. But I will say that wasn't a changing point. It was probably a few years later when I got more into my faith Mm -hmm. and really learning about my identity and my worth is when things began To change for me. Again, going back to the self awareness, how did I view myself? What did I think about myself? Like, I was so. Sometimes it's hard for me to go back because I was so focused on the goal. I was just disconnected from my thoughts, Mm -hmm. disconnected from my emotions because I was just striving for this, just to achieve. Achieve. I got to achieve. I got to achieve. The biggest thing that really stuck out to me besides that was people would say to me, Bianca, you always got to be right. And here's the thing. I now this might sound weird, but I was more afraid of admitting that I made a mistake and I was wrong. So I wouldn't admit I was wrong. And it wasn't that I wanted to be right. I just didn't want to be wrong because I didn't want to be seen as a failure. I didn't know anything. I made a mistake. Yeah. And that constant comment was one of the things that really started to turn me around. And then sitting in grad school becoming a therapist, you learn a lot and you're like, uh, something is wrong here. (laughs) (laughs) I need some help. And that's when I went to my therapist. So again, that self awareness and the other piece I talk about in the in the accept method is next is connection now I'm connecting back to myself. Now I'm connecting to my feelings and my thoughts. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like, I don't feel good or this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's the, the piece. And that's the first step for me.
0: Understood. Understood. Um, as you're talking, I I thought that I had done so much work and I had made so much progress in my struggle with perfectionism and I'm just like oh I have a lot of work to do still (laughs) um but it's it's just so hard because um especially you're a business owner right so Mm -hmm. they tell us in business that you should every year you're trying to like grow and do better than the last year and all of that it's just like oh my god when does it end like (laughs) um yeah
1: so it's
0: i my own stuff but
1: (laughs) no it's cool like i think that's good because that's the pressure to perform that's the expectation of someone else who told you that so that's the thing one of the things i always like to do to people and say is like well who told you that Mm -hmm. if you cannot tell me who told you that and who made that and who made it up like why are you listening to it why is it part of your system if it doesn't work for you if it's exhausting why do it true true like we have to that's the other part um you know at some point it comes down to giving yourself permission you know to let go of those things that no longer serve you yeah yeah whether they're the expectations whether they're sh- the shoulds or how to do something i think that's important and that's key And going back to the point of the perfectionism, I actually created this quiz, um, is perfectionism driving you? And it's, I say that perfection is even in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat, or in the trunk of the car. In the driver's seat, we're not even aware. In the passenger seat, there's some awareness we're starting to connect, we're starting to overcome. Then when it's in the trunk of the car, we're really being our authentic selves. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing life happens so sometimes even though you've done some work if you something new comes along perfectionism might be in the driver's seat yeah so i like to say it's on a continuum so that's why i don't use the word perfectionist because i don't feel like it's a person and so um you know that quiz kind of helps you see where it is in this moment in your life um and it happens in different areas not all areas in our life
0: Oh, I love that. Um, I will ask for the link after we chat. Yeah. So that way I can drop Absolutely. that in the, um in the show notes so yeah. people can take that quiz. I, I'm going to take the quiz myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's quick. It's like two minutes.
0: Well, I need to know right now. I feel like as of like this second, it's in the driver's seat because to your mm. point, I'm like in a, I'm trying to shift some things. So I think as I'm shifting things in like my business, I think I'm allowing perfectionism and the other the world to like get into my head so yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: yeah um so I have a question um for you for somebody who might be in the position you were years ago when you first Mm -hmm. got the diagnosis the confirmation um and who might be struggling with um what does this mean about me? What does this mean about like people that I'll um I'll deal with in the future? What words of advice do you have with for somebody who is in that space? Currently? Yeah,
1: one of the things which I didn't have at the time was support. Mm-hmm. There are so many support groups. There's a mm-hmm. whole podcast on it. Find some support groups. Yeah. Google it. Facebook. Um, you know, podcast. Get informed and get support so you have people that are going through the same thing then you have the information to understand what this actually is and it's not based on what other people have told you educate yourself Mm -hmm. then you can educate your partners right and I think that is the two things get support educate yourself so you can educate the partners and like you said Cassandra is you're more than your diagnosis Your diagnosis is not your identity. And that's something of acceptance for you to work through. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bianca. This was more than I expected and more than I came for so thank you you like fed me you're
1: welcome thank you for having me thank you for having me
0: thank you thank you thank you so I will put the information about your website as well as the quiz down in the um in the show notes and I'll also see if I could find some like really great resources um to learn Mm -hmm. more about um HSV um down below as well so thank you thank you you're welcome Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star radio on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.